0: You're listening to Local Government Insights, a podcast for state and local governments. If you're looking to optimize operations, improve services for your constituents, and maximize revenue without raising taxes, this podcast is for you. Let's get into the show. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Local Government Insights podcast, Modernizing Government Leadership, your source and insight for local government technology. My name is Brennan Middleton, and today we're going to be speaking with Avenue's chief customer officer about how local governments today have an opportunity to build trust with constituents by considering a digital strategy. Hi, Lou. Thanks for being here. It's great to have you on the show.
1: Yeah, it's nice to be here. Thank you.
0: So for all of our listeners, Lou, as I mentioned, is the chief customer officer at Avenue Insights and Analytics. Super excited to have him on today. Uh, Quick overview, for the past 20 years, uh, Lou has focused on serving state and local governments nationwide, leading the sales, development, and delivery of a diverse set of innovative solutions, Uh, his proven expertise in company leadership, maintaining executive-client relationships, developing and growing new business solutions, and managing operational excellence. Today, Lou leads an organization that is responsible for serving over 3,000 state and local governments nationwide nationwide ensuring effective communication, and identifying ways to continue improving operations and maximizing tax revenue across all areas of local government. And I'm super excited to dive into this topic about building trust through uh, digital services. So, Lou, before we get started, uh, would you tell us a little bit and tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself and maybe touch on your experience in the industry?
1: Well, unfortunately, it's more than 20 years, but I won't tell you how long it's been. But, um, you know, I. I've been lucky enough in my career, I started with a company called Digital Equipment Corporation and then moved to other companies like HP and Compaq and Xerox. And, you know, I've been lucky enough to work for companies that were very value-oriented. Um, and so being here at Avenue, it's kind of a natural um, progression for me. Um, smaller company, but still the same set of values, um, both from an employee standpoint and a customer standpoint. I, I personally think I have one of the best jobs in the company. Um, wow. My responsibility is customers. <clears throat> you know talking to customers on a regular basis and and making sure that they're happy with our products and services. I, you know, I, I don't know how much better it can get than that. so
0: awesome. so, so, Lou, one of my first questions for you today is really around the challenge that governments really of all sizes have when, connecting and building trust within their communities. Um, A a recent poll by Gallup uh, stated that over three quarters, 75% of Americans actually trust their local government while less than half trust the federal government. So we're going to talk about ways that governments are instilling this trust that they seem to already have, uh, you know, a a vast majority of their constituents, uh, you know, on on, on trusting them. But how, how can digital strategies and digital transformation continue to build that number. So in our digital world, uh, American citizens, you and I, you know, we're used to easy, quick and convenient digital services that the private sector readily offers. A lot of times local governments and governments of all sizes kind of lag behind that. So constituents actually expect that same efficiency and quality of service um, from their government. Uh, when the public sector doesn't deliver, citizens wonder why and start to question whether their government has their best interest at heart. So one of my first questions is know how can governments begin to instill trust in their communities by really taking a look at their digital strategies and implementing digital transformation?
1: Well, I think the first thing I'd speak to is the difference between local and federal government. And I don't think that's anything more than an efficacy issue. Um, I live in a small town. I live in Savannah, Georgia, um, you know, 150,000 people. And here you know i see and interact with elected officials all the time whether it's at a movie or on a line going somewhere or a concert i mean uh, these people are here readily available to have conversations with and, and you know communicate with and that that kind of creates the basis for a trusted relationship um I, I think i mean if you're in a larger town obviously that's not easy but Sure. For the most part, local governments are easier to, to create a relationship that's trusted between elected officials and constituents. Um, other than that, I think it's a matter of transparency and communication. So the more a uh, municipality can do electronically, the better they can serve their constituents. The more they communicate um, to their constituents around what they're trying to do, how they can try to improve um, services, uh, the better off they'll be. I think the issue becomes, especially after a year like 2020, is allocating funds to make improvements in their technology. Most of the uh, government agencies I speak to, it, you know, it's, there's a lot of things that money gets allocated to that are critical, public safety being one of them. Um, and it, it's tough to carve out money to, to create better environments from a technology standpoint. And it's not always a, a you know a simple or, or um, inexpensive solution that needs to be put in place because many of these places have little to no technology, um, and so it's a heavy lift to get them where they need to be, or they're on legacy technology, and and making that transition both from a technology standpoint and a training standpoint. Um, you know, that organizational transformation, maybe a new business process becomes a becomes a problem. So, I mean, what, what I think customers should do is consider solutions that create revenue streams. Um, there are a lot of solutions out there. I mean, we provide a few, but there are a lot of uh, solutions out there that can actually create a new revenue stream for a municipality so that they can take that revenue that maybe wasn't considered in the budget and, and direct to some of these improvements that they need. Um, opportunities to, you know, roll from an old technology to a new technology without a significant hit to capital expense. Maybe by, you know, moving the, the um, operating expense up a little bit, 10, 15 percent. Over time um, and spreading the payments out helps them move um, easily from old technology to new technology. And a lot of companies are willing to do that. Uh, <clears throat> and then, you know, the, the last thing is really uh, to take a look at lower cost platforms. <clears throat> we provide some, a lot of companies do. Uh, things like hosted or shared solutions. In, the, in a lot of places where there are smaller, uh, municipalities, like you know small counties uh, in one particular region. Um, one of the things we're working with our customers on is maybe sharing a single implementation of an application where it may not be as highly customized as you would like. It does everything it needs to do uh, to get that business done, uh, but it doesn't come with a heavy price tag or any one of the municipalities actually picking up the full tab. So. Um, Those are some of the ideas I think governments could could take a look at.
0: Yeah, and and when we start talking about upgrading technology, we we all know that governments rely on manual processing, you know, specific to paper processing. Um, And I'd like to touch on that just a minute, Lou. Um, We know that, you know, some of the biggest hurdles and most enduring stumbling blocks to efficient and convenient government is over reliance on paper. And there's a lot of processes still today that are hundred percent manual and processed, you know, paper processing through and through. So can you discuss some of the challenges many governments face when with that reliance on paper driven processes and how that affects citizen engagement as it pertains to building trust?
1: Sure. So the, the first part of that problem is abundance, right? So a lot of these cities, counties, you know, have tons and tons of paper. I, I, actually know a customer who I, I met with last year who reluctantly admitted to me that they have 18 barges worth of paper records in their harbor because they didn't have space anymore on land. So, wow. um, you know, just the, the sheer numbers um, of records and, and, you know, data books and handwritten notes and those kinds of things, deeds, um, takes up a lot of space and it's not easy to actually uh, manipulate in, in an efficient way. So, yeah, that's the first problem, you know, the, the amount of work that has to be done to kind of move from paper to electronic records, <clears throat> which, you know, there's a lot of companies that do that. And, and a lot of these municipalities actually use grants, um, grant money or subsidies where they can take that money and direct it to, you know, creating electronic records over time. Well, they'll take a 10 year period of time and they'll they'll digitize those records. And then you know every chance they get to spend money or something comes in that they didn't expect like a grant uh, they could direct it to to doing that so it's it's something that you have to be dedicated to um, and expect that it's going to take time to get all that paper over to digital records. The second issue is the reliance that's been built um, or has been conditioned um, by having people show up you know, either by necessity or habit to a facility uh, to do something. Um, you know, there are ways um, that you can make a transaction easier for people um, and and allow them the opportunity to adopt it. I mean, you know, I think about whoever wants to go to a DMV again. Right? I, I know yeah. I know, right? Yeah.
0: Um,
1: as far as helping, you know, digital services, building trust, The first time, just sticking with the DMV um, uh, scenario, the first time I renewed my registration or or license online, there was a little trepidation that, you know, something may go wrong, that I'm not going to get my documentation on time, that I'm going to get stopped by a cop and I'm going to say, but no, I, I, I processed it, I didn't get it back in the mail, you know, a bunch of things could have gone wrong. Um, but when I received my license in a few days, you know, I became a happy customer that trusted the results. So I think the more you have customers do it, the easier it is for them to do. And the more you show that it's a reliable um, way to operate, um, you know, the better everybody will be and, and the trust will be built just based on that.
0: Excellent. And instilling that reliability and over time, trust will continue to grow as your constituents don't feel the need to come down to the courthouse. Don't feel the need to have to come down to to print a record. They can access it right there online in the comfort of their own home. And then it being accurate and it going through efficiently. They're happy that they live in that jurisdiction that provides that solution. Therefore, they trust their government officials with th- their tax dollars. Um, and that's where I want to go next, Lou, is, is, is tax revenue. Um, I'd like to take a few minutes just to discuss another main area that constituents interact, uh, with their local government. And that's through tax revenue collection. The, the, basically the, the sole source of revenue for many jurisdictions. Um, we all know that taxes are, you know, notoriously complex and difficult, uh, for ordinary citizens, whether it be John Q public or whether it be a business owner. Um, you mentioned in one of our pre-show conversations that, uh, Local governments can certainly make their own revenue collection processes more efficient by digitizing and automating them. I'd like to talk about just a few ways that governments should consider improving their tax collection process through various digital offerings.
1: Yeah, so it's not just taxes. I mean, there's fines, there's fees, there's uh, permitting and licensing. There's a hundred different ways that, you know, a citizen would react with the government in terms of revenues, right? Um, and I think you got to start at the kind of the beginning. So when you talk about uh, let's use property tax for example, something that we do here, um, you start with the actual assessor going out and, and creating the basis for the tax, right? So you make that transaction easier and more transparent. If somebody's going to come to my house and say, "Well, this house is worth X," um, you know, I'd like to understand what they looked at. I'd like to understand what that process was. Uh, putting that on a, on a digital platform makes it easier for anybody to take a look at, access it, and it absolutely makes it easier for the assessor to do their work um, in a very transparent and consistent way, right? And that creates the basis for the taxes in terms of providing taxes um, or the ability to, you know, um, look at them and and understand what taxes are coming at you and and how to file. Um, being online is, is a lot easier than doing it in an office. Having to go to a facility and speak yeah. to somebody, you know, wait online to you know speak to somebody about how you fill out forms. Sitting there with the paper, uh, I, I mean, I, maybe I'm the only person that makes mistakes when they fill out a form, but I do it all the time. So, right. you know, being able to just kind of backspace and fix what I did wrong is kind of a good thing. So. Uh, you know the tax part um any kind of fees and collections is better online um because of the the ease of doing it i don't have to go to you know a facility i don't have to go to a a municipal building um and, and i don't have to deal with paper which to me is probably the best of all worlds wonderful
0: well lou you've mentioned communication 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 was really at the ultimately at the root of all of your your feedback so far, whether it be a tax or fee collection process or digitizing a paper-driven manual process. Communication really is, uh, you know, ultimately at the root of building trust is what I'm hearing. Um, w- what are ways that you see governments can improve these communications with constituents that ultimately will improve trust? And we all know there's platforms, there's tons of different types of ways that governments or entities can communicate, uh, directly with constituents or whoever they're trying to communicate you've got platforms like twitter facebook youtube linkedin you know you've got all these platforms like what are ways that governments can improve those communications and consistently communicate how they're improving their operations with their communities
1: well i think i think that the issue that they face is the consistency of that communication right yeah um, starting with the platform so if um. You know, I have to go to Twitter and LinkedIn and and Facebook or whatever else I have to go to, you know, the government website. Um, That's confusing enough. It's like, which way do I go for what? Um, Mm -hmm. I think most governments have kind of adopted the portal strategy where they they put their services up on on portals. Um, I know some governments that have that front end portal that you can get to. So it's a single front end. But then when you go to do uh, one thing versus another, I go to get a permit versus I'm paying my taxes, you're kind of switched off to a completely different application where it's not, it's not consistent, it's not clear, it's not concise. Um, having done you know, permitting doesn't necessarily make it easier for me to understand how to do my taxes, right? Because the applications are different. So I think what what we have to get to is the point where governments have that portal there's a single place to go to access all these applications, but more importantly, the applications have to be consistent in the way they interact with an individual, um, and that takes time. You know, that takes a lot of work yeah. with a vendor like us to, to you know, put the applications in place that have that similar look and feel, um, have the same way to access help, um, have the same way to cashier something out. Um, so. It's it's the consistency um, of that communication and that interaction. Um, it needs to be clear. It needs to be concise. You know, and it needs to be consolidated and user friendly. I mean, uh, those are tall orders for most smaller municipalities, anyway. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um,
1: but I think with the technology that that's provided today by vendors like us, um, I think it's becoming more accessible for all municipalities to be able to put something in place that's a, that's a single platform that represents how they want to do business with their constituents.
0: And to build on that, I would think that the, the timeliness of that interaction with the constituent would be uh, a byproduct of the consolidation and the consistency of the portals and the applications. Having them in one ecosystem, so to speak, is what you're alluding to. Um, mm-hmm. The timeliness of how they're pushing out communication and how they're receiving that communication back from the constituents and that response rate, improving that response rate and how to address issues as soon as they come up, but also get immediate near-term, you know, topics of communication out consistently and timely would be a byproduct of that consolidation, I would think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that we do when we think about our products and services is you look at if you look at any municipality, um, you kind of have to follow the paper, or hopefully the the digital record, right? Um, How it gets around the municipality and and being able to have it electronic and have it in a consistent format with platforms that speak to each other in in similar ways, you know, a single database structure, a single UI, um, just makes it easier, not just for constituents, but for the governments to actually operate it. Um, And it allows the paper or digital record, the information to actually flow through, through a municipality in, in a way that makes everything more efficient uh, makes it less costly to operate. you don't have to staff counters for people to come in and, and process things. Um, it's, it's just you know the, the benefits to it are kind of endless. Um, again, it takes it takes a little time it takes a little upfront effort to get you know a city or a county to that point. Right. But I think you know that's the way we look at it: is how does the service we provide um, interact or connect to all the other services that that county has to perform? You know, how does a justice system interact with a government record system, and how does a public safety record inter interact with a justice system? Um, th- that's the important thing to think about um, when you when you're looking at putting technology in a in a municipality.
0: And there's got to be overlap there, too. Whenever you're talking about integrating multiple systems there's probably overlap um, in terms of costs and implementation time. So that's that's powerful. So thank you for that. Uh, I know I'm going to round us out today by just talking about some key takeaways. Um, I know I've learned a lot today. Um, Would you just take us home by just talking through just some of the key takeaways you would leave some of our listeners and other government leaders um, who are looking for ways to to ultimately not only improve operations, but as they improve operations internally, how do they continue to build and instill trust within their communities?
1: So we look at, when we look at products, we look at roadmaps, right? We, we take, um, whatever it is we're doing property tax, for example, and we say, what does it look like today? What is it going to look like six months from now? What's it going to look like three years from now? Right. Um, and it's a great part of the process. The takeaway that I would like anybody to, to think about is what does that look like in that particular locale? So whether it's a city or a county um, or any, even a business, what does it look like now? What would you like it to look like short term? And then what do you want it to be long term? And and the one thing that customers should not do is do that in a vacuum. One of the things that um, I try to do as much as I can when I speak to customers is to have that conversation. What are you thinking about? How does it? How do you look at the services you want to provide? What would your optimal service be? You know, how how would you like to, you know, be perceived by your constituents? Um, and then build kind of a roadmap. And whether it includes our services or somebody else's services really doesn't matter. It's just important that they have that roadmap and they think about where they are now, where they want to get to. And then bring in resources. You know, there's a lot of free consulting out there. I've just been talking to vendors and, and solution providers, who all have a different opinion and a different approach. Yeah. But when you when you start thinking about it, you can pick and choose as a customer to figure out what's my best path forward. Um, and that, to me, is probably wh- whether it's digitizing, whether it's you know a portal, whether it, it's different apps or consistent you know platforms. Um, You know all that needs to be considered but having the conversation drawing a map to say here i am now here's where i want to be and then getting a lot of feedback free feedback for most for the most part um to how to get there is probably the most important thing that a customer can do incredible
0: well lou i i love hearing your perspective on this topic um we all know that running an effective organization, whether it's a government organization or a private company, effective communication, instilling trust within your internal and external teams, and also having efficiently run operations is really at, at the root of being a successful organization. So this has been awesome. I've had a, a lot of takeaways from this, this conversation. I can't thank you enough for doing this. For all of our listeners, Pleasure. Um, th- thank you for joining us on another episode of the Local Government Insights Podcast. Um, please stay tuned for more local no- government news and insights to come. We look forward to having you all join us next time. Thanks, Lou.
1: Thanks, Ben.
0: You've been listening to Local Government Insights, modernizing government leadership. To ensure you never miss an episode, please subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give us a quick rating for the show. Just tap the number of stars that you think the podcast deserves. Until next time.